What's up, everyone? Before I do my official intro, I wanted to make a couple announcements. Number one, the show has a new title sponsor, so I want to welcome Wright Honda out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Also have Four Wheel Online and BoosterBath.com. A lot of you know how much I love my dog, Izzy, especially if you follow me on social media. Call him Mr. Waggles, Izzy Ito, Lieutenant Commander Ito, Staff Sergeant Ito, Mr. Wee. But Izzy, every time something's going on with fireworks, thunderstorm, little kids running around the house screaming, he gets terrified and he's hiding around. One of the new sponsors, BoosterBath.com, they have a product called Tongue Treats, CBD strips for dogs. He needs the Tongue Treat CBD strips because they provide the rapid relief with the right amount of CBD. And it's not psychoactive, so you don't have to worry about your dog or your cat going nuts on you. They are high anxiety relief, pain relief. They're good for inflammation too. Efficacy and economy. Think of the tongue strips. This is the Hard Parking Podcast. I am your host, Jay Finning. Coming up on today's episode, NSX Extra Chris Cut joins the show. He's the guy who's been on the show twice now. He cut his NSX. So he's going to be on for the Q&A segment, doing a special promo to promote his YouTube, my YouTube, and of course, these little pins, these collector pins. They sold out in one minute, the Leans pins. So he'll be on. We'll also be joined by my good friend, Brian Sales of the See Through It podcast. I wanted to have him on so you guys can hear from him a little bit about his military life and some of the things he does. And we're going to talk about cars too. And we have another guest coming on to talk a little bit as well. So this isn't the opening. Today is October 21st. 2020. This is not the opening that I had planned for this episode, but it's, I feel like it's, it's the opening that I want. It's therapeutic, at least for me, I think when people lose others, they lose loved ones, they lose pets, they lose whatever. And and they, they publish it on social media. I always wonder what that's like. I've never lost anyone close to me and I've always been, you know, I didn't quite understand it but I didn't judge. Everybody has their own way to cope. And I just consider myself fortunate. Yesterday evening, my mother called and my father died yesterday. So October 20th. I was kind of numb. Just kind of talked through it. My mother was calm. I think she was kind of numb. Obviously, I let my family know. Those that I've been friends with for the longest who knew him. So instead of announcing it on social media, I'm just going to, you guys are going to hear it on this podcast. So this podcast is going to drop on, on Monday. I think the date would be October 26th and I will be in Minnesota with my family, my mother, my brother who had moved up there, thank God this summer. And, um, it's one of those things. I don't know how this is going to sound. It's going to sound quite remiss, but I don't mean it to be remiss. My father was not my best friend, but I loved him a lot. And what I mean by that is we were never super close, but we had really close moments. We didn't fight, but I was that kid. I didn't really, I wasn't very helpful. And I said that early, early in the podcasts. I always wanted to party and hang out with my friends. My brother was a helpful one. I tried to be helpful. I was just garbage at it, but he was always there for me. And, uh, in those troubling times, he was always there. As a kid, not knowing what I wanted out of life, he was always there. When I wanted our supplies, he never questioned the cost 
because I was an aspiring artist and illustrator. Yes, I did have some talents back in the day, believe it or not. He was always there. And now, I mean, I've been an adult for well over half my life. And I'm thankful because that he was always there. And, and my mother, because I was adopted, so I don't know my birth parents, but they've always been mom and dad. And the weirdest thing, for the last few years, I've just been bracing for this phone call for no reason. He wasn't ill. I mean, he had diabetes and a few other things. Two years ago, he had a heart transplant, or not a heart transplant, but he had a pacemaker put in. And I'm grateful that I was, every time I see him, I feel like I was playing with house money, you know? And it's one of those phone calls that you always prepare for, but you're never ready for it when it comes. And I tried to hold it in just because I'm always processing like a robot, I guess. And it's one of those things where I just kind of sat on the steps. Wife was cooking dinner. Mother-in-law was down there. My two-year-old grandson was playing and I just was sitting on the steps, holding it together. Felt my eyes kind of welling up a little bit, just barely, like just barely. But I was hurting. But it's one of those things where you're just not quite sure how to process the emotions. But then it happened. The question. It's the worst question. It's like the damn breaks. And when anybody asks you, are you okay? Boom. Gone. You're done. Just. But it's okay. You know, I've learned from childhood, whether this is just hard programming or just childhood trauma situations that. It's okay to let go. He's lived a long life. Like I said earlier, he's always been there for me. And I value that. He was here last Thanksgiving. He got to ride in the car. First time my parents have ever ridden in my car. That was really special to me. And I have those memories on video, which is great. He helped me build the bump out for the fireplace. I didn't need his help. So we argued. We went to the big box store and bought the supplies and struggled to get them in the car and argued about how to cut plywood, not plywood, but how to cut the sheetrock, the gypsum board, depending on where you're at. And we're planning a vacation next year, but I knew it was just a matter of time and it's okay. I don't sit back and ask myself why it happened. I know why it happened. I don't sit back and say, what if I did this? What if I would have done that? What if I would have spent more time? Because none of that matters. What matters is the memories that I've valued over the years. It sucks I'm never going to see him again, but it's a, it's a fabric of life. It's going to be cremated, so I'm not even going to be able to see him in the casket. So I'm doing this video tribute as the opening to my podcast. And I grab something from downstairs, and it's a damn shame I'm going to be stuck with this piece of shit. Seagram 7, my entire life, this is what he drank. Tonight, this is what I drink for him. It was always Seagram 7 with ice and water. I think my mother drinks with 7-Up, but my father always drank it with ice and water. So that's what I have right here. Ice, water, and Seagram 7. So, cheers, Dad. Miss you. Love you. For those of you listening to the audio, just understand that I held up a bottle of really cheap 
a plastic bottle of really cheap American blended whiskey. And now I have a rocks glass with one rock in it and watered down Seagram's. Hmm. I wish I could say that tasted good. It doesn't. Coming up, Brian Sales. It's time for the social media highlight of the week brought to you by Kuya Automotive, currently specializing in new and used NSX parts. NSX owners, hurry up and head over to KuyaAuto.com and inquire about group buy special pricing or on Instagram at Kuya underscore automotive. That's Kuya Automotive, where big brother's looking out for you. Brian Sales, See Through It Podcast, Warriors Collection, I'm wearing your shirt. Welcome back to the podcast, my man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I wanted to get you on the show finally to talk about you because you have this podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's not just because you're a good friend of mine because we talk all the time. Like I talk Mm -hmm. to you and the guys more than, you know, during 2020, really anybody. But I want to give you an opportunity to tell your story. (laughs) Because you're super deep and super pensive on your podcast about other stuff, so yeah, I, I, what you, you got to tell me where you want to want me to start at. <laughs> you got to because I'm. It's easy for me to talk about certain things, and it, it comes to me in waves, uh, different topics. So when I have that topic, when it comes to my mind, then I can you know open that chapter up and you know talk about it. But if someone just says tell me something about you. I'm like, uh, what do you want to know? <laughs> it's hard for me to tell them something about me because I don't know what they want to know or I don't want to give them too much. I want your thoughts on Breonna Taylor. <laughs> no. So, all right. So, you know, you've had, a, you've had a military background. You were in the Navy for the Navy, right? The Navy, 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 and we're then the, you mm-hmm. took a took a run at the Army, mm-hmm. and then that didn't work out. So, you did a couple tours in the Navy. Did a couple tours in the Navy. Uh, joined in 2008. Uh, was active duty from 2008 to 2012. Um, did some active reserve duty from 12 to 15, and then uh, throughout those three years, I was trying to get back into active duty, but once you cross over or once you get out, it's hard to get back in for some reason. Certain branches, makes it they make it very hard for you to get back in. So I got out in 15, tried my thing at the, you know, rec- working regular jobs, and it just wasn't cutting it for me. At 34, well, I'm 35 now, so 33, 33, 34, somewhere around there, decided to go into the Army, sign up for a combat job, and... Uh, had one week left, one week, and then the Army retired me. Um, I got injured. They shut me down, and now I am here trying to, you know, create something, write a new chapter of my life, and reveal some chapters of past life. How has 2020 been for you? Because I want to kind of go back and step through your, your, your military career because the last time you were on, we talked about – where you gave us a lot of good advice about car parts and don't get ripped off and do this shit yourself at home. But this time around, I want to know kind of the man behind all of that, because you're kind of, you've told us before in conversation that you used to be super fiery and you are a super calm mm-hmm. and gentle man. You are a gentle man, <laughs> you know? So, so who were you six years ago? 
Six years ago. Yeah, who was Brian Sales six years ago? Where were you and what were you doing and what was your mindset? Oh, man. 2014, I was, uh, oh, man, that was a a rough Brian. That Brian was angry at the world. He did not believe in certain uh, people having rights. Uh, And at that point, I was, at that point, I was talking about women. I didn't believe women should have rights to speak or vote or do anything. I I had just got out of a marriage in uh, in 2012, and then I was with someone else. But I was I was so angry, and my mindset was revenge. I felt like everything was taken from me. I had left the military, which I loved, and I couldn't get back into the military. I, 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 when I say, <laughs> when I tell these people that, you know, I was an angry person, it was real. Things that I was doing, the the thoughts that was going through my head, the, I was seeking out confrontation and uh, wanting to, you know, get into something. Uh, but yeah, that was me. 2014, it was, it was ugly. 2014 was a that's a good thing that 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 Brian is no more because and even now, like I have those thoughts, um, having the army retire me and and I actually let me take let me joining the army kind of fed that negative that like revengeful evil side, not evil, but you know that side of me that. I crave the the confrontation, the wanting to be in the mix all the time. So when I joined, it felt it felt right. Uh, I, the drill sergeant used to say, "Do everything in violence," and I didn't ever question it. It just felt right. And um, you know, once they retired me, and I had some time to think about everything, and you know, I was coming back home, and things well, start to change. Why were you so angry? In 2014, yeah, like what what led up to that? Because that's pretty harsh. Be like, women should not have a, should not be able to say anything. Like that comes from somewhere, you know. And I I remember when I first listened to your podcast. Remember, I reached out to you because it was around. We found each other on the Father's Day episodes. Yeah, and I was like, man, this this guy, man, I need to reach out to this dude, my man. He needs a (laughs) hug. And then, you know, we became good friends. Like, where does it come from? Do you know? I mean, I can say the start of it was from many things from my childhood, not not from my parents, but growing up as a black child, black kid in Alabama in the 90s, um, you know, not being able to, let me, I always trying to find where I fit in, you know, black kids didn't want to hang out with me or, you know, accept me because I was too poor. I didn't have the, the Nikes or the, the nice shoes or none of that nice stuff. White kids didn't want to hang out with me because I was black. You couldn't touch them. You couldn't play with them. If you rubbed up against them, uh, it was like, ugh, cooties. So, you know, all that compounded. And then I get married 2012. Fast forward 2012, I'm married. And then I'm, I'm, I'm divorced. I'm out of the military. Homeless. Uh, just back, back up for a second. Lost. So you said homeless. Like what? What happened there? So homeless. When I say homeless, maybe I shouldn't even probably say something homeless. But you know, um, my wife, my ex-wife at the time, 
didn't want me at the house because we were getting divorced. So I had to, you know, ask my brother, can I stay with them? And I was sleeping on on his couch. So uh, that's what I mean by homeless. Uh, I mean, I didn't have a place. I, I couldn't go back to the house for for nothing. And that and that wasn't even a court order. She just wouldn't allow me at the house. So, you know, all of that, and you know, the years go on. I'm still not where I feel like I should be. And man, it, it was rough. It was. All that stuff just set on me. Because like I said, I got out the military. I thought I was saving family. And I, I didn't. I came back then. There was no family. And I was trying to get these jobs, McDonald's and Taco Bell, you know what I'm saying? And they didn't even want to talk. They didn't want to talk to me about getting a job. McDonald's wanted to talk about how big of a pay cut I was taking. I was like, I don't care about the pay cut. I just want to work. They didn't want to hire me. So it was just like, man, you know, I serve my country and I can't even get a job at Taco Bell, McDonald's, nowhere. So all that just compounded and, you know, the hatred for anything walking was, it was real. It was, so it was real. So the readjustment to civilian life is a real thing. Yeah. And I could see, I could see you being in there and you're doing all that stuff. You did a couple of tours, you come back and you can't even get a basic job. Do you think it's just because you were overqualified? Cause there's a That's fear, a, I mean, you know, there's a fear, right? That you have these qualifications, you have this experience, you've served your country, you served your country. Well, we're going to hire you at McDonald's, but you're going to be gone as soon as you get that call from somewhere else. So we're not going to take a chance. And you're like, I'm sure you can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I understood that. Like, it was just when you're sitting there and you're having a conversation with, you're having a conversation with the manager and you're trying to explain to them, hey, nothing's coming for me right now. I, I just need something to take up my time. I need, I just need to be working. I need to be doing something. And all you hear is, that's a huge pay cut. I don't care about the money. I just want to work. That's a huge pay cut. And and that's just like, man, okay, I get it. I get it. So, you know, I guess life goes on. <laughs> How long were you in the uh, the Navy? The Navy, 2008 to 2015. Okay, so seven years. And you probably yeah, said seven, that earlier. Seven years, um, yeah. What was that like? What do you miss about that? How How do you think that's kind of shaped who you were? Did it help you with structure? Did it make you more angry? Like, what were you yelling at people? Were you getting yelled at? So, so, so when I first joined, you know, I was still like playing around, but when I made rank, um, when I moved up in rank, I was, I became a third class petty officer, which is like an E4. Um, I made that in my first three years being in the, in the Navy. And most, some people were like, wow, that's, that's kind of fast because you start out at E1 and you have to pass a test. You have to qualify. You have to pass a test to get to move to the next rank. And, and that's what I did. And my goal was to make E5 before my first four years were up. I almost made it. I missed it by seven points. But um, if I would have stayed in, I definitely would have made it. But uh, it, was, it was good. You know, uh, I told my mom and dad that if I would have known about the military, they could have threw me in the military a long time, like a long time ago. Because... I actually craved that structure, that discipline. All those years that I was younger, 
I fought it, you know, <laughs> just, you know, being stubborn or whatever. And I joined the military. I actually craved it. I, I it, it felt good. It felt right. It felt like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I didn't have a problem with following orders or, you know, um, showing up in uniform on time, um, showing up presentable. I took pride in my uniform. I took pride in everything I did. I took pride in a, in the flag, the anthem. When I was in boot camp, and they would play the national anthem. We hear it come on, and it just like sent chills through me. We would stand there in formation. And I would hear it. I get teary eyed, heart racing, and it just felt. It all felt right. And uh, when I got out, and then I was, I was basically just lost. Like, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Why did you leave the Navy? My ex-wife wanted me to get out. She said it was hurting the the marriage. So I got out. And then <laughs> as soon as I got out, it was over. So Is that why people weren't, weren't allowed to speak back then? It's like, you open your mouth, you ruin my life. Because <laughs> to, to have that taken away, right? It was, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I guess that would be a huge part of it. Like people, you know, speaking how they feel about certain things, I feel like they shouldn't be speaking anymore. Uh, you know, you, you're speaking about how you feel while ruining someone else's life just to make yourself feel good. And it was like, I don't believe you should be speaking. You, you're lucky you're breathing. And like, that's, that's how angry I was. I mean. But that's the context I'm, though. That's, say, <laughs> that's the context of what you said earlier. You know, I don't I feel women shouldn't be opening their mouths because the context is, you know, your ex-wife said me or that. You chose yeah. her at the time, and that was gone. And yeah, now you know ex-wife. So then you decided to get in the army just to just to find that again. So you know, I transitioned. I was still struggling to find certain things that would fit. You know, make me feel whole again. Uh, so 2018, I joined up again, and uh, I was like, it's time. I had to get back in. So I got back in and. Like I said, it all felt good. It felt good being around, you know, other um, people that are trying to do something bigger than themselves and all of that. It, it felt good. The the, the brotherhood, it, it all felt good. And then, you know, like I said, uh, I was one week away from completing everything and, and the Army shut it down and said, you are now retired. So, um, and that stings. Like, I don't really I could tell. like talk about that. It, it stings because I view that as like a, a huge, uh, fail, a, a, as a huge failure. They gave up and, on you. They gave up on you. You feel right. And then you come back and nobody, you're joining, you know, civilian life. Nobody wants to give you a shot. Like, are yeah. you, so as 20, cause I know you're not working now. Has 2020 been uh, mm-hmm. directly responsible for that or or were you having issues even before that like what's like what's the deal i haven't been able to work since i left my job before i joined the army um haven't found any work no one has called for an interview or you know just to say hey yeah we've seen your application nope everything is is a no-go actually i had one one person that I met at the gym who runs security or whatever, and I was like, okay. And I filled out a lot of security applications. But this guy, he's like, yeah, you can come on. 
you know, help us do some security at this uh, bar or something like that. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I didn't get a call back. You- <laughs> he didn't, he's like, I'm going to call you this weekend and set you up. <laughs> no callbacks. I was like, whoa. This man sees me in the gym. He, he, I'm, and still, no, nothing. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know what it is. Are you in a small town? I mean, I know you're in Virginia, no, but I'm in Virginia Beach, the, 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 the big city. I'm, I'm right about five miles away from the, the ocean. From it's a lot of people here. This is a big city. Uh, I've, there's tons of jobs out here. They're just not calling my name. <laughs> Why? I mean, they're just not calling my name. I, That's I, what I want to know. Maybe there's a there's there's a stigma. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you know they see. I mean, I I, I can't even say that because this is a military town. So there's tons of military people. Would you leave? Uh, would I, would I leave Virginia? Yeah, I mean, I know you have like the listeners don't know, but you have a plan to buy a a, a large plot of land and build on it. Is that land there in Virginia or would you leave and find that land somewhere else? I mean, if the wife says, let's leave this state, then I would leave. But uh, I want to, the way things are turning out in 2020 and how this country is going, I, I'm trying to, I, I, I want to be here, but if it comes down to it, I would leave and go to another state. It would just have to, you know, it would just have to work, um, I guess have to find the right state with the with the right things in it Hmm. i'm looking at a map of uh virginia beach over here on the other monitor so chesapeake norfolk virginia beach hampton newport news yeah it's a lot i mean it's a lot of cities this is a big area it's a lot of military out here a lot of uh, veterans and a lot of um you know upper but but a lot of this is is uh you know you got to know someone Mm, yeah. And I was talking to someone about that and they was like, yeah, you can't, they, they got to know you. They got to, someone has to know you and to get you in there. And I'm like, man. That's kind of shitty though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably obvious, right? But yeah. So, what are we going to do with you, know, you then? So, so what are your plans you for, for 21? What are you going to do? At what point are you just going to be like, Come on, honey. Let's grab the kids. We got to go somewhere else for work. You know what? I I'm at to the point right. I'm to the point right now where I'm not even focusing on jobs anymore. I'm just going to create my own job. You know, like I said, I have that my Warriors Collection brand. Um, you know, it's official now. Yeah, <laughs> it's official now. So, you know, I'm working on the website and I'm gonna just do my own thing. Some some meaning. And hopefully people will see that and get behind. You're going to start a tea company too, right? Like I'm a coffee guy. I don't have time for tea. Not a tea company. Not a tea company. I'm going to have tea a part of the Warriors collection. It's all about, you know, being able to take care of yourself. So drinking teas, I feel like is a great thing to do because, you know, help with sleep, energy boost. It's just a healthy option to drink. I, I love tea. I like coffee, but I love how tea makes me feel. It's a good cleanser. It's, tea is awesome. Tea is awesome. Let's talk about cars a little bit. So we've talked, vroom, vroom. And, let, and again, like I said earlier, you know, you've given the listeners some great advice. Save your money. Don't go to the 
car dealership and pay them $250 to put on some windshield wipers that AutoZone will put on free for 20 bucks. Yeah. So would you consider yourself a car person? Yeah. I mean, I would... I'm a car you like person. cars, I'm right? A car guy. I love cars. Like that's my thing. I got a bunch of Hot Wheels in my library back here. What's your favorite? What's your I favorite love, Hot Wheel? Oh, it's, well, it's the BMWs. Right. <laughs> the BMW, the M3, the M4, whichever one. I, I love them all. The this is one of my favorites. The I think this is the M3 E36. Actually, can you see that? I can see it. That's a classic one. A lot yeah. of people love it. That's like a mid nineties, right? Cars. That's like a 90s, Hot Wheels. 95, 97, something like that. Yeah. 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 I love them things. I love RC cars. I, I if it moves with wheels, I'm good. I, I like it. Five vehicles Brian Sales is gonna have on his property, on his plot of land. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna have some utility. Are you gonna do you wanna buy a tank? You can buy tanks. I've been wanting my wife to get me a tank for my birthday, but she she won't look into it. Uh, so anyone on Craigslist or anyone listening to this, please contact me. I, I need a tank. <laughs> I need a tank. But five vehicles. You know, I, I told you guys I'm crossing over to the American side. I was all I've been up. I've always been a German car lover. So crossing over to the American side, and I'm thinking probably like three trucks. All Rams. I love these Rams, man. Have you seen them on the road, the, the 2021s? I want to say yes. I want to say yes, because they have these daytime running lamps that look really cool. Is that correct? Yeah. And then they got the, I think they have this one model called the Rebel. I'm going to look it up And on my that phone thing just looks beastly. So if I can have three Cummins Rams or the Hemi Rams, it's a Hemi. Three of those and maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe a Corvette just to, but I don't like the new Corvette. So I would get like a, the the C6. You don't like the C8? I mean, how many have you seen? I didn't like them either, but. Seen three. I, I seen I rode, three. I drove next to a white one a couple of weeks ago and I was like, you know, that's. I seen a white one, mm, a red cool. one, and a blue one, I believe. And it's uh, America. So from the side, yeah, the America, the side view is nice. It went, it changes when it gets to the back. Well, like when it starts to take, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it no more now. It's just like, they, I think they could have did something with the rear different because they try to keep the Corvette, you know, signature taillights in play. And it does, I don't believe it works. They're very uh, Camaro looking. Which yeah, it just it's fine, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I'll give it three stars out of twenty. Do you see the new uh, Hummer? The the oh the yeah electric Hummer. It's supposed to go like zero to sixty in three seconds. Like, what the fuck do you need that thing to go zero to sixty in three seconds for to you to make up for the old one? The old one's slow as shit. <laughs> trying to get up on uh, Tesla. Yeah, they're not gonna let Tesla beat them again. <laughs> they're not going to let him come out with a truck and they've been doing trucks forever. That would just be a slap in the face. So they got to, you know, is that, is it a truck though? Or is it, or is it a Jeep? Well, a Jeep is a Jeep. The Jeep people will tell you that they'll say, no, a Jeep is a Jeep. That's a Jeep it. Is a Jeep. So I don't know. It's just, 
I've I've seen people complaining about the price. I think it's like 120 grand, but the original uh-huh. Hummer H1 was well over $100,000 too, if I recall correctly, cuz you can't you can buy a used one now for a little less than that or you can buy a stripped out military spec one for like 20 grand, but you're going to dump 80 grand into it to make it look like a normal vehicle. I think those things are pointless. Uh, I've ridden in one. I didn't like it. I like I like the actual military one. Those things are that's a rough thing to ride in. That's a rough thing to ride in. Yeah, it looks like shit. And then, <laughs> and then the, there's the, what, what do they call the ones that look ride. like little, uh, like big station wagons, like on Black Hawk Down, where they were packing the people in it? Uh, Mind blank. Those are Humvees, but I don't know what they're, maybe those are called Humvees versus the Hummer. They, they mount the big 50 cal on top. Oh yeah, that that would still just be the the Hummer, the Humvee, yeah, with yeah. The, the the turn gun, the fifty cal turn on it on the back of it. Yeah, the guy sticks out and yeah, gets shot. The Humvee, yeah, that's not a job I'd want, by the way. Yeah, that is a uh... get up there. I'm like, but no, now you get up there. <laughs> there's technology now, so they can operate that from the inside, and they'll just rotate. So there's a guy sitting in there with a computer joystick and all that and he can operate that from the inside now so they're getting much safer with their stuff but yeah man i i don't get up there when you said that i was envisioning the the gun pods in the millennium falcon you know how they sit there and they're just kind of (laughs) like just yeah and the little grid you know it's like yeah yeah (laughs) that's that's what i envisioned so Yeah, uh, yeah Well, I'll tell you what, man, we'll get you out of here on uh, on this. What's the next big move for you? We'll give you an opportunity to plug your next. brand again. But what's the next big move? Why should people tune in to the, to the See Through It podcast as well? I just hit you with like six different things. So why should they tune into the See Through It podcast? See Through It podcast, you should tune into it so you can, you know, listen to someone talk about themselves and how they have grown from a reckless, evil individual to a person that's trying to, you know, empower others to do the same thing. They should definitely tune in just for that reason, just to see the realness, no fake. It's all transparent and just see how real a person can be in those moments. And, you know, the next thing, you know, upcoming is, you know, get in this land so we can, you know, have a big old cookout, invite everybody out there and, you know, just showing people how to live, not not saying I I'm doing it the best way, but you know, just showing people how to be self self reliant, self sustainable, um, self efficient in all every aspect of life. I can't wait to the site launches, man. I, two weeks, the Warriors Collection brand will be up and running. So, so two weeks from now, so that'll be the two first first week, first full week, maybe second week at the latest in November. No, so that's November yes. twenty twenty, right? So I'm yes, just going to yes, go yes, ahead yes, and yes. say it because I feel like, and it's my, my my podcast, so why should people listen to you? Yeah, to hear you talk about yourself, which doesn't sound interesting unless, right, unless people know you because the thing about that is you're not afraid to speak. And you're not necessarily, you're not just sitting there talking to yourself in a mirror. The stuff you, the stuff you say is stuff people can use, and it makes them think, yeah. you know, and that's good because you think for yourself. And you don't fall victim to the constant 
social media things, the cancel cultures, you're like, wait a minute, let's just kind of step back for a second and look at things the way they are. Mm-hmm. And then evaluate. That is, that is, I mean, you should have just, you know, put that out there. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. I'm seeing through it. I mean, he's spot on. That is, <laughs> he is spot on with that. Yeah, folks. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Is I'm, I can't even say it any better than that. That's that's it right there. I got you, man. I got you, fam. Thanks for coming <laughs> on the podcast, man. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Peace. Special thanks to Brian Sales for coming through. Super good guy. You guys really need to check out his podcast. Again, that's a see-through podcast. I'll make sure I have the link in the episode descriptions. He's from another time. I'm from another time. It takes me back. It makes me think about how different things are in the olden days, the olden days. That's how you know you're old when you use the word olden days. I don't think anybody under 35 uses the term olden days. I remember growing up in Texas, crushing cans for money. We would go around, we'd collect cans and you would weigh the cans and you would try to get as many cans as you can in a trash bag. So what you do is you just crush them. There'd be these competitions between me and the friends or my dad and we would just crush like in one stomp. You just flatten a can. And when you're little, you can't just crush it from the top. What you have to do is knock it on its side, hit it from the middle, and then you stomp on the top, stomp on the bottom, and you have like this, this flat metal rectangle piece. Or if you just crush it from the top and you stuff them all in a bag, you take the bag to the, to the recycle center and, and they weigh it, and then, then you get your money. I don't know if anybody's doing that. Well, no, no one's doing that because now in the States where you – take your cans. So in Michigan, you take your bottles and your cans, you can take them to the grocery store and you put them in that little machine. It eats them. It kicks out the ones that it can't read or the ones that weren't bought at the store and it kicks out your receipt or your, your cash receipt thingy. Your ticket is what I'm trying to say. Like when you're at a casino. Times are definitely changing. Coming up, we're going to talk to Chris Cut, NS Extra. Hopefully he updates us on his YouTube page. First, I want to talk about rental car of the week. So the Rental Car of the Week is sponsored by Higher Quality Detail. Thank you, Higher Quality Detail, for continuing on in the show. They're out of Tempe, Arizona. They specialize in premium vehicle protection, solutions, and cosmetic customizations as your one-stop shop, ranging from basic detailing options through ceramic coating, paint correction, protection films, and more. Visit Ceramic Pro Arizona, one word, on Instagram, or Higher Quality Detail, all squished together, com, and get started looking your best today. So if those of you who follow me on social media saw that I created a YouTube video with Ride Honda. So Ride Honda, as I said briefly in the opening, is the new show sponsor. They're the prime sponsor for the show, this podcast. And I had my car on display at their dealership in Scottsdale, Arizona, leading up to the McKenna Claire Foundation charity. So I said, hey guys, if I'm going to drop my car off there, you know, I kind of have a spot on the podcast where I do Jay's Rental Car of the Week. I'm not in a situation where I can rent a car. I could take an Uber home. Or if you guys had a loaner, maybe you can hook me up. So they said, sure, we'll hook you up with a loaner. Long story short, I ended up making a really cool video out of it. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to check it out. Go to the Hard Parking Podcast YouTube page, and you'll see it. It says, why I traded my NSX in for a Honda HRV. A few things I'll talk about the Honda HRV. I'm going to make this a shorter segment because of the fact that I do have the video review. It's not bad. It's their entry-level subcompact SUV. It's kind of nice. The one they had was an all-wheel drive touring edition. And it had like all the bells and whistles I think you can get with the vehicle. Had all the safety assists. Had CarPlay. You guys know how I feel about that. No CarPlay, no J. 
had the HID headlights, a lot of road noise. It's not a surprise. It is an entry level, well, $28,000 entry level SUV. I have a friend out here, Dave, who has one, and he swears by it. And Dave's a car guy. It's a cute little family car. Yeah, I said the word cute. Last episode, we talked about chick cars and chick drinks. Hmm. I don't know if I'd call it a chick car. A lot of you guys would. It's just, it's one of those cars where you see it, and it could be a male or female driving it. So for the case of me, I'm a male driving it. And it would be nice to have a vehicle maybe like that. I'm always looking to to get rid of my Infiniti and get something a little bit more modern. So that's the rental car of the week. Make sure you guys go to the YouTube page and check it out. Sign for the Builder's Corner segment sponsored by Four Wheel Online. Singular Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They're dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products will cover everything to give your truck a custom look and functionality. Need a wheel and tire package? Head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands and tires, so go get outfitted today. Visit them online at Four Wheel Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Today's Builder's Corner segment guest is Johnny. Welcome to the show. This is Johnny, my NSX man over in Asheville. What is up, Jay? Long time no speak, man. How are you doing in 2020? Because you have a nomadic life, but I don't think you can be very nomadic this year. No, uh, kind of a big holding pattern, you know, which is is totally fine. But yeah, uh, been playing around a little bit too much, probably just outside, and that's really about it. Speaking of outside, how's the weather? Uh, it's monsooning right now here in the warehouse, so it's probably a little bit loud, but uh. All's well. I mean, fall's pretty much at, at, at its peak right here in Western North Carolina, so it's it's pretty nice. So we didn't get shit out here. So for all the new listeners, which is a lot of you, Johnny was on here last year early, and he's an NSX guy. Surprise, surprise. He likes to build NSXs. He collects parts, assembles them. And lately, Bring a Trailer website has been going insane with NSX prices. And I thought that our cars kind of plateaued for a while, but... I thought about you because it seems like it would be kind of difficult to get a hold of hearts or they would just become more expensive. And I don't know if you've been working on them, but what are your thoughts with that? Yeah, so uh, I haven't done a whole bunch of uh, like buying slash selling this year, but ultimately, yeah, 100% correct. You know, with the spike in the market, stuff's kind of just going crazy and um, been tough to kind of tough to kind of get stuff. You know, uh, I, I do want to stress though that there are good deals still out there for somebody who has liquidity and is willing to make it make it happen. But ultimately, there's a lot more eyes on the market than I think there ever have been. Are you finding that maybe people, I don't know if you've personally experienced this, but maybe the thought is that, so I have a bunch of shit that I've, you know, I've modified my car and I pulled out my factory radio and I pulled out my ashtray. Whereas before I probably would have sold it. In fact, I think I sold mine. I don't even know where they're at. So I must have sold it. Oh, wait, I never had it. But let's just say I did have it. People are, you know, not willing to sell them as much anymore because they think they may convert their car back because of the prices. Yeah, and that, that that's definitely probably true. And also probably prior owners that have sold their cars and may have like a head unit or something laying around are now thinking that that head unit's probably worth two or three times as much as it may have been worth in the past few years. Making it difficult to 
to get? Like some of the yeah. prices, like what, you, have you seen anything? Do you have an example of maybe something you tried to buy, you're, you're used to buying, and now it's just insanely amount? I mean, whole cars, obviously. Oh, dude, it's, um, yeah. But I'd, I'd say as far as like a specific NSX part, I'd say probably transmissions would probably be a thing that I think the prices have gone pretty high up and it's kind of tough to find a, a halfway decent one, you know, like obviously it's always a dice roll buying a, a trans or a motor, but they're getting harder to find. You know, I heard somebody just paid like, you know, 4,000 for a five speed trans, which I thought that was quite high. How much do you think it would normally be? Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess depend on how many years you want to scale sure. back, but you know, like, uh, uh, they definitely have uh, transmissions and and pro- maybe engines, but engines are kind of a tough sell in my opinion. But yeah, ultimately, parts are going up big time in price. And you know, there's a whole bunch of talk about obviously some sort of uh, support state side with uh, you know the factory, and we'll see how that kind of pans out. I mean, obviously, I think that'd be a great thing if it materializes. Were you in on that call? That so you're talking about the NS Expo virtual, and John Watts got on there from Acura and talked about possibly doing an Acura refresh program here, similar to that they have over in Japan. Yep. Uh, so I, I wasn't in on the call, uh, but I, I watched it later on that evening. And, you know, it's, I think, you know, there's some great points that were made and, you know, if it were to happen, you know, I'm obviously all for it, you know, like I can also kind of speak to, you know, obviously NSXs, but I feel like a, a number of other NSX owners have MK4 Supers, and I do as well. And that market is kind of almost, I don't want to say parallels what NSX stuff is doing as far as parts availability and just finding clean chassis. It's 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 become increasingly tough on these cars to find super stuff. And I, I, I'd be sweet if Toyota decided to do the same thing. And, you know, they said they were going to, but, you know, at the end of the day, I haven't really seen too much. Yeah, I think it's an interesting possible move. I think their prices are a little expensive um, just because we're yep. also used to going to places like Science of Speed. But, I mean, it was like $1,200 just to look the car over like an inspection fee, which I thought was a little mm-hmm. in uh, what a I mean, $6,000 clutch I, job. I, 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 I get it, you know, like I, I I have a lot of experience with, you know, manufacturing and I understand how it all works and, you know, it's like to take on a project like that, you know, the it's not cheap, you know, but yeah, I guess somebody's cr- got to crunch the numbers that's smarter than me and if they think it's going to work, they'll pull the trigger. Yeah, it can't be a money maker move, it's almost like a PR move, like developing a Halo car for a brand, right? You're going to lose money on the Halo car, but ultimately you may drive more people toward the brand. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's probably a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to kind of see where things trend from here, you know, like w- with, you know, bring a trailers being the prime example, uh, you know, like I'm I'm almost basically amazed every couple weeks at what stuff is bringing on that website. Back and, to back uh, to back yeah. to back yeah. to back. Yeah, back to back to back. Yeah, it's like I, I you know, when, when you start seeing one or two and you're thinking, okay, this may be an outlier, but then the trend is definitely continuing and it's just been uh, pretty amazing to watch. But yeah, on the flip side is uh, it makes, you know, amateur hobbyists like me that wants to get in and turn some wrenches and potentially break some stuff on accident, you're right. <laughs> you know, a little bit more, a little bit more difficult. Uh but, you know, that's the name of the game, you know, is uh, supply and demand. Supply and demand. 
Thanks for the update. So when everything gets back to normal, reach out and let me know what projects you're working on. How many NSXs do you have right now? Uh, I got two right now. That's low for you, isn't it? Very low. Uh, we'll see what happens. I've got a couple of irons in the fire, but ultimately, uh, I'm pretty content with two at the moment. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Well, cool, Jay. Thanks for having me on, Thanks. man. Thanks. Coming up, Chris Cut in the Q&A segment. It's time for the Q&A segment sponsored this week by Wake Up With Wonder podcast. Look at the wonder of the world around us. Look into the wonder of ourselves. There's a little bit of wonder and magic in all of us. Wake Up With Wonder. That's the Wake Up With Wonder podcast hosted by Jason B. Godoy. Today's Q&A guest is no other than, for the third time, Chris Cut, NSX Extra, NSXtra. NS Extra, Chris? NS Extra? NS. Yeah. I always fuck up when I, when I say it. <laughs> yeah, it's just NSXTRA, NS Extra. NS Extra with, yeah. the, with the, the booming YouTube page, famous for cutting a car in half and guys a little camper and it's just going freaking berserk on social media. Chris, what are you working on right now before we continue with the segment? Well, right now I'm still uh, working on my house, doing some odds and ends and pouring concrete. But whenever I get the chance, I stumble out to the garage late night and I'm continuing my uh, NSX trailer project. I finally found the time to start doing it and right now it's technically a trailer i could hook up to the car and i could tow it around the block but that's all i've done with it so far there still needs a lot of work but i'll be putting up all the videos on my youtube uh, for people to follow along with and uh yeah they should enjoy it i'm enjoying doing it and i can't wait for it to be finished so your channel's booming so people people listen close there's an opportunity to uh to get something really cool here yeah i'll be giving out the uh some lean customs pins and those sold out in how long yeah, Lean Customs, uh, I was lucky enough. He reached out. He made a, a, a pin of my car. He put them up on his website, and they sold out in under a minute. Um, I believe that's the fastest he's ever sold out of pins. All of his pins are awesome, and, and they frequently sell out, but uh, these seem to be extremely sought after. My DMs flooded with people trying to buy them, but I'm just kind of giving them away when I go cross-country and to friends and stuff like that, or I'll be doing giveaways of the pins on youtube and instagram and whatnot i've done a few little kind of treasure hunts so far where i've placed them i put one in in boston uh another one over by niagara falls it seems like no matter where i put these things somebody finds them within like an hour so i'm pretty amazed about that so we're going to do a thing today for the q a and these are submitted questions from around the internet and then of course we're going to tell people to listen to the podcast and check on some of your answers afterwards. Yeah. And the first person to follow the rules and to, and to prove it, I guess, is going to get one of these amazing little pins. So shall we get started? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Chase Heath asks, what do you consider the most progressive development in auto design in the past 10 years? Like, what do you think is? Jeez. Oh, we know this uh, isn't like a deep car show. This is kind of a, a loose. The most progressive auto development... I would say adaptive cruise control, but that's just for the last decade. And that, that might have come out even more than a decade ago. I don't know. I mean, overall, the most impressive thing I think can think of for any cars is air conditioning, just because it's my favorite feature. I've driven right. cars without air conditioning and I can't. But yeah, we'll I, take the we'll take it in the spirit of the question because it's kind of difficult. It's an auto design. Like, I, dude, I don't know. I mean, I fucking love CarPlay. It has nothing to do oh, with an auto, auto design. An auto design? Does he mean like exterior of the car? Like what's the best I, looking car? What's the most? I don't know. Couldn't tell you because I would say it might be the the EV vehicles, the the hybrids, or you know, it's not a Nissan Leaf anymore. There you go. You know? Yeah, I mean that would, that's amazing stuff right there. 
So the Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's, what's amazing about Tesla is that it's also kind of scary in a way. And I would love to own one. Um, and I'm sure someday I will, but, uh, I think it's amazing how Elon Musk just tweets like on Christmas morning, Hey, everybody go check out their car and they walk outside and everybody's cars like playing music and the lights are flashing and making like a show. And uh, I don't know. It seems kind of dystopian that your car can be controlled, not by you, but by somebody a little, else. A little weird for sure. <laughs> it is. All right. So Kenny asks, and I actually thought about this one earlier. So I have the advantage of kind of knowing the, and picking these questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. If you if you had to eat one type of cuisine for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I had to look up the pure definition of cuisine because I'm like, what is that? That could be incredibly vague. And one guy responded to it. He's like, well, I'd eat a pastrami sandwich. What else would I eat? But that's not a cuisine. That's a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I would go with Mexican food uh, in Southern California, which I think actually has better Mexican food than Mexico. I've had some pure Mexican food before, and it was, it was not good. Yeah, I've been I to Mexico. I was in Mexico three times, and all I had was McDonald's and Pizza Hut. I couldn't even find Mexican food there. <laughs> right. There, it's just food. That's why. Yeah. I would just go with American food overall because American food pretty much steals anything and everything that's coming to America. You mean like pub kind of, food, like burgers and stuff like that? Well, that's what I was going to say. But by definition, the American cuisine is anything you get here that they've kind of adopted. Because if okay. I could have, say, burgers and steaks and tater tots like shit like that you know i could eat that forever yeah 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 i mean if Here's, there was just one kind of food i could eat it would be wagyu that would be it <laughs> mine would be ramen noodles i've been through it before i know i can handle it <laughs> yeah so mark blumquist he's a fellow nsx owner he probably doesn't listen to the podcast mark if you do you can call me out on that what is going to happen with the car culture with the newer driver generation and what he's saying basically is many young people don't really give a shit about cars. They just use them for point A to point B if they're not already doing like Uber or Lyft. In fact, I can tell you in my profession, a lot of the people that do what I do are in their mid-20s and some of them don't even own a car. It's actually a question I've thought about a lot because I try to kind of – I'm a gambling guy and I like to try to think of what the next car that's going to be worth a lot of money, the next collector car. I think Jay Leno put it best. He said if there's a car you like uh, – he said uh, – what did he say? He said – Something along the lines that I don't want to misquote him, but it was essentially car collecting is easy. If you like the car, buy it, and chances are somebody else will like it too, and you could sell it for more money. So I, I often think, like, I wonder what the next car is, and I keep landing back on Evos. And I think that Mitsubishi as a company sucks now. Um, they don't make anything yeah. interesting. And They're I on a downswing right now. But I do believe that Evos uh, in the future, because I think the kids that are in high school now, like when I was in high school, I wanted the NSX. I think the kids in high school now, um, I think the latest car for them to want, I mean, they probably all want Teslas, honestly, but maybe not even this generation of high school kids, but the last one, I think they all like the Evos. So I could see those going up in value. That's an excellent answer. I don't know if that really answers the question. No. What's going to happen with the car culture and the newer driving generation? Well, they're um, not going to care about cars. I don't know. It's going to die off. Kind of right. like, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, there is, there's definitely still kids that like cars. I mean, it's I natural. Agree. I mean, people, their, their fathers do. So like, yep. you know. Some people are. Yeah, I don't think mechanic. it's the the shift is definitely different for sure. But there's always going to be people in their cars as long as the cars exist, whether they're all electric or they're petroleum, you know, gas, whatever. There's always going to be a car culture as long as there's people who like cars, right? Yeah, I, I have a a friend that's um, 
this kind of off topic here, but it, I'll circle around back to it. I have a friend who's he's an artist and he's really good at it. He did the graffiti in my garage, but he is so like next level. Like a lot of guys dress up in black and sneak out at night and do graffiti on the side of sides of trains. This guy actually breaks out oil paintings and does like beautiful murals on the side of trains. And I wow. can't do that. I'm not an artist. I can't draw. I can't paint. Um, he's amazing at what he does, but what I can do is I can modify cars and kind of make it like an extension of me. And like, I have a vision and I could make my car kind of try to get close to that vision, but that's my way of doing it. So like, you know, for those of us that aren't artists, but might have some creative bones, cars are a good outlet for that. So I think that'll always exist. There'll always be modifications that you can do to cars, whether they're all EV in the future or not, people will be messing with them. I'm going to sidetrack as as well because I'm thinking about you saying that. And it was over a year ago. I'm sitting in my hotel room and I was like, hey, if you guys want to be on the podcast, let me know and we'll talk about it, right? And you're like, you should have me on your podcast. And I said, why? And we had a good conversation. I was like, you know what? This guy has got a plan. I'm going to get him on the podcast. So here you are three times. And I hope you're just going to keep coming back and giving everybody updates because it's awesome to kind of have you on here. So, And honestly, I wish I had more updates to give. I was supposed to already be cross-country right now. I was supposed to go with Crispy Media but uh, meet up with him. He's out there right now. Um, I felt I, – well, first of all, I was behind on my, on my schedule for my projects. Um, but also it wasn't the best year to go. with. Uh, we had COVID-19. We had people blocking highways and throwing rocks at cars, cities burning – all the fires out west in California and whatnot. So probably not the best year to go cross country anyway. Um, but yeah, I agree. But it gives me more time to finish my project and not rush it as well. So Nick, Nick Hopkins asked vinyl versus plastic dip. I figured I kept this question on here because at first I was like, kind of shitty question is that, but you are incredibly resourceful. I'm a pretty resourceful person when it comes to modifying our cars. So we don't go out and buy the, the $10,000 spoiler if we can get away with a really nice one for 2000 Yeah. And we don't buy the $600 door handles if we can. I got to tell you what, my door handles on the NSX are plastic dip the, yeah. on the inside that's silver. Mm. And when I, I sprayed them silver because I wanted to know what it would look like. And I was like, yeah. hey, that looks pretty good. And I sprayed clear on them, and they've been like there for six years. I mean – as far as uh, Plasti Dip or vinyl, I guess it depends on what it is. Like I have a What's set the of application, wheels. right? Yeah, I mean, I have a set of wheels, and I mean, my, my option was to get them powder-coated or polish them. And I couldn't decide on a color that I wanted if I were to powder-coat them. So I got Plasti Dip colors that were close just to put them on because I knew it would be temporary. So then if I liked them, I could decide to get them powder-coated, and those colors are similar. Um, I've heard people even vinyl wrap wheels. Um, so I guess you could do that, but, uh, both kind of scare me because I've seen horrible plastic dip jobs where the, the thing about plastic dip is if you are going to plastic dip your car, you have to use so much of it and get it on so thick so that you can peel it off when you want to, because Facts. if you do it and you just get overspray everywhere, but vinyl scares me too, especially with older cars like ours. I, there was a guy with an NSX, his car was vinyl wrapped and when he peeled it off, it peeled off the clear coat with it. So, you know, both, uh, have their pros and cons. Um, I yeah, actually I think thought I was about, lucky. Yeah, I, I, I plastic dipped the car once and I took every panel off to do it um, and did each panel separately just so I wouldn't get overspray in between the body gaps. And it was a big job, but I also did it to a motorcycle once and that actually came out really great on the motorcycle. I'm with you on that answer. I think it depends on the application, what you're doing. So, I mean, obviously my car was wrapped for almost three years. 
Did you and have any issues when you took off? Did it did it hurt the paint at all? No issues. No, That's no good. issues. It came off like like nothing. And it's probably because I had Ceramic Pro underneath. Oh, that's definitely, if you are going to vinyl wrap a car, I think you kind of have to do that. Yeah. Just and I mean, safe than sorry. So the only issue I had was the front bumper because it had been beat up from so many highway miles. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, it's just, it, it, I got it off, but they would just come off in small pieces because it was so fractured. I've been thinking about that too. Like I have that rear bumper on the front of my car. I can't replace it. People are like, you know, if you go across country, you're going to get, you, things things are bound to get messed up and I'll at the very least get rocket chips. And people have told me I should clear bra the front of my car before I go or wrap it before I go just to kind of protect the paint. But I mean, my paint's not perfect anyway. So I kind of think like when I get back, I'll just have the whole car painted at some point or go over it in the future. So I don't know if it's worth it for me to do it or not. Also, I'm nervous. What if I clear wrap it and then I go to remove the, the clear and it bra? fucking pulls the shit off. <laughs> it pulls my paint off. Yeah, exactly. You know? They're a lot better now than they used to be. I know that, but that's a healthy. I mean, it's a it's a normal concern. Mm-hmm. I should have clear broad mine. I should have. The front just looks like shit, and I just got it done just before I wrapped it. But Possum Killer, he likes to ask this one. This is a fun question. Possum Killer MK6, what's your go to dive off a diving board? Cannonball. Cannonball, <laughs> right? There's no other answer. <laughs> There's no other answer. Yeah. Who needs a diving board? You just run up to the edge of the the pool and that's how you do it man you just freaking jump and tuck yeah <laughs> i'll try a flip but it won't work out <laughs> no i won't even try a flip i won't even try that shit man because i don't yeah no it's that's the only that's the only thing fucking cannonball i remember at camp i was a little kid some kid jumped off the diving board but he would he would like jump and then he would land on his ass on the diving board bounce back up and land on his feet and then dive you know what i mean yep so he messed up and cracked his head open pretty good. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be, yeah. So that's all it takes is to watch that once and be like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you I don't mess whiskey? with diving boards, but it would, be a, it would definitely be a cannonball for me. Occasionally, yeah. Okay, so the Limitless Production, friend of the show, over in Germany. So he didn't ask a beer question, but if you were one kind of whiskey, what would you be? Hmm. Yeah, good question. Like a like really specific, or do I just say like Japanese whiskey, or you know, that's up to you to answer. There's uh this stuff I got recently, and it's almost more like a sake. It's like a clear whiskey. It's really weird, and it's not too expensive, but it's called a uh, hadozaki. It's Japanese whiskey, and I like it. It's not bad stuff. So that's Definitely what you'd be the one you just randomly pulled off your. Yeah, well, it was the last one I drank. So so no coloration, I guess. Would tell me that it wasn't cured in any any of the barrels that pull the color in. It's it's got a slight color to it, just not. It's a lot lighter, a lot more clear than uh, most whiskeys. It's lighter than Toki, you know, Centauri Toki. That's like super light yellow. No, yeah, this is this is basically clear. Huh. But it's good stuff. Yeah. I'll have to get that name from you. Um, I don't know. I think I'd be a McAllen because the hardcore people kind of were like, yeah, McAllen is so bleh. But it's it's kind of a mellow, it's easy to drink. You can, an argument can be made that it's an entry level, although it's, you know, they have an incredible marketing. But I would be a McAllen because it's easier on most people's palates. It's not too peaty, it's not too this, it's not too that. So I think I'd be a, I think I'd be a McAllen. Last question comes from RJ, friend of the show, RJ Enriquez. He actually owns Kuya Automotive. 
GoBots or Transformers? Transformers. Yeah, that's transfer. That's a stupid ass fucking question. <laughs> Hi, Chris Cut, NS Extra. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure as always. Can't wait to be back. Before I wrap the show up, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm starting to move toward a more video show. So you'll be able to find the show on YouTube. The recordings, the edits are going to be a little different. So that's the thing. But I'm not uploading the whole podcast yet. It's just going to be segments. And the opening of this episode... When I was talking about my father, so I record my episodes usually over a couple days, and um, that was tough. It was tough. After I I did the cheers, the toast to him, and um, it was tough. I had a moment. I'm good now. So I appreciate all of you guys. I am incredibly fortunate. I'm incredibly grateful that I've always had, and I've talked about this before in the past, I haven't had a big family. But I've always made some amazing connections over the course of my life. In my adult life, I have not been in a situation where I just felt I had no one to talk to. Hell, even as a late teenager, even during the lowest of lows, there was always at least one person that I could reach out to. And I think that's what's helping me through this whole process. But a lot of people don't have this. And if you have somebody, don't be afraid. Always reach out. And if you don't have anybody, it's too bad. It sucks. I can't really begin to explain what it feels like to know that you can call any number of people and they're always happy to hear from you. And I think, well, I know that's what makes all of this a lot easier. I want to thank Chris Cutt for coming on in this extra. Check him out on uh, on YouTube, man. His his page, guys, his page is blowing up. Maybe I should cut my NSX in half. Maybe my page will blow up. I want to thank Brian Sales, See Through It Podcast. Check his Warriors Collection brand out. His link, obviously, will be in the description. Still chasing down Noel G. Also, I finally got my, my trophy back from Fielding Shredder. Thank you, Fielding. If you guys saw that on social media, he autographed my trophy and sent a really cool photo that he had signed. So that's really awesome. Let me sure we thank our sponsors, Right Honda, Koya Automotive. Thank you for re-upping. Higher quality detail. Thank you for re-upping. Four-wheel online. Boosterbath.com, of course. Reach out to the show at hardbarkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at na2nsx or jtravels. That's j-h-a-e underscore travels. Hardbarking media on Facebook. Hardbarking pod on Twitter. If you want to support the show, there's a link in the episode description for as little as 99 cents a month. I can't grow unless you tell the world how awesome this podcast is. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Much love. Rest in peace. Peter Andrew Finning.
Shut up!